Hi, thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Howard Unger, and The Pharmacist is in. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening. I hope everybody's doing well. The sunshine is here, the summer's coming on us, and the weather is getting warmer and warmer, suntans and, uh, unfortunately, sunburns. What I'd like to do for this podcast is kind of demystify suntan lotions, all these SPF numbers, what's real, what's not real, what's truth, and what's hype about some of the uh, lotions that are available to you over the counter so that you can make an uh, intelligent purchase and, and, and really look at what the ingredients are. Of course, all of those ingredients will be podcast notes. So let's first begin with what are we really talking about in terms of sunblocks or sun screens, and what do they screen? The sun basically gives off three different types of rays. They're actually radiation, UVC, UVB, and UVA, ultraviolet C, ultraviolet B, ultraviolet A. And what we find is that 100% of the ultraviolet C rays are absorbed by the ozone layer. Now, that's important because, unfortunately, we're starting to see a depletion of the ozone layer and more of the ultraviolet C rays are getting through. But overall, the atmosphere and the ozone layer in the atmosphere blocks the ultraviolet C radiation. So it's really the ultraviolet B and ultraviolet A that we concern ourselves when we're talking about protecting the skin and uh, from pre-aging, premature aging, and potentially skin cancer. So let's first talk about ultraviolet A. The, ray, the ultraviolet A rays or radiation has the ability to penetrate multiple layers of the skin. And in doing so, it can affect a compound or a, a material called collagen. Now, you've probably heard on TV commercials things about collagen, replacement of collagen, increasing collagen in the skin, reducing wrinkling. When we age, we normally lose a certain amount of collagen and our skin becomes inelastic. Collagen allows our skin to be elastic and therefore allows it to come back into shape, whereas without it, it starts to wrinkle. What UVA rays can do is reduce or damage that collagen and therefore give us a premature wrinkling of the skin or premature aging of the skin. Another aspect of UVA rays is they have the ability to suppress the immune system. Now, we've talked about the immune system on a number of podcasts uh, in the past, and one of the most important parts of the immune system or the reason or process or protective measure of the immune system is its ability to um, attack uh, cells that have been damaged or changed in any way and therefore kind of reduces the amount of potential cancerous cells. What UVA rays do is reduce that or reduce the amount of the immune systems of response and compromise it, which opens up to potential skin cancers. UVB rays very much do the same thing with the immune system. They suppress the immune system, thereby allowing potentially damaged skin cells to potentially become cancerous cells. They also cause pigmentation changes in the skin. So UVB, although it doesn't penetrate as greatly as UVA, UVB basically changes in, uh, changes in pigmentation, also reduction in immune system 
um, or a suppression of the of the immune system in the skin, allowing for the potential of damaged cells due to the sun, due to the burning, and due to the actual UV rays themselves, cause skin cancer or prevent the cause of skin cancer. What UVB rays do is to suppress the immune response to cells that potentially could become cancerous cells. Both UVA and UVB cause sunburns. Both can cause changes in pigmentation of the skin. UVB for the most part does that. But UVA and UVB can cause premature aging of the skin, wrinkling, damage to the collagen, the elasticity of the skin, and therefore you get this wrinkling effect. So how do we, what, what, what sunscreens do we use? What's a sunscreen and how does it work? Well, they're usually divided into two classes. One are called actually chemical absorbers. That's one class. The other are called physical blockers. Now, logically, the best protection against the rays of the sun are clothing or being out of the sun. Barring that, there are two ways that the sun blocking, or sun, I should say, sun screening agents protect you. And they are either absorbers or physical blockers. The absorbers, as the name states, absorb the rays of the sun and reduce their effect through a complex chemical process, but reduce their effect. And that's how they work. Physical blockers, what they do is they scatter the sun's rays, the UV rays, and therefore reflect them. And you do not get that much absorption of the um, UV rays. So the absorbers absorb the sun's rays and in effect prevent them from causing chemical changes in the skin. The blockers reflect those specific UV rays and prevent them from getting deeper into the skin's layers. Now, an example of uh, a blocker would be uh, zinc oxide. I think you've all seen the zinc oxide. Uh, it comes in many, it comes in a cream. Uh, you place it on your skin. It actually is a physical blocker. It prevents the sun, uh, sun's rays from getting to the skin and um, will either also reflect or disperse the rays so that they, there's really no penetration. Uh, zinc oxide is rather it's sold over the counter uh, anywhere. And it comes now, I think, in many different colors. Great. The sunscreen lotions, well, the sunscreens come in various different formulations. Some come with actually moisturizers incorporated into the formulation. Some come with moisturizers and um, insect repellents in the product. So when you, it's important that you, first of all, when you look for a sunscreen, besides the number, and we'll get to that in a second, but um, you look at the different ingredients that are in the sunscreen to make sure that you're not sensitive to any of those ingredients. Many sunscreens will contain moisturizers, will contain uh, insect repellents, and you need to be concerned whether or not you have a specific sensitivity to that particular product. So when we talk about sunscreens or any real product, what we're looking for is the ideal sunscreen and what you should have in mind when you're purchasing an over-the-counter sunscreen. First of all, it should be safe, should be chemically inert. In essence, it doesn't 
cause and effect like a medication would cause an effect, that it's non-irritating. Obviously, again, checking the labels on the back of the sunscreens or on the box, making sure that if you have an allergy to a specific product, for example, uh, insect repellent, lotion, cosmetic, anything to that nature, you want to make sure that you, do, you don't use that. So it should be non-irritating, obviously non-toxic. It should be able to provide complete protection for you. So these are the kind of characteristics you're going to be wanting to look for when you're dealing with a sunscreen. Chemically safe, inert, non-toxic, non-irritating, as well as effective. Another characteristic that you want to look for is many of them are water resistant. So you want to make sure and read, are they water resistant? How long are they water resistant? What are the directions on application? If you are going into a pool or in the ocean or in a lake, or are you sweating? Because sweating will dilute as well as reduce the effect of the blocking sunscreen agents, as well as those of the um, absorbing sunscreen agents. Most importantly, the agents or the sunscreens should be able to block both UVA and UVB. When they do that, they now call them what they call broad-spectrum sunscreen agents. And anything with an SPF 30 is ideal. The effectiveness of anything over an SPF 50 is really in question. And, and we'll get to some of those ideas of you know, when you start seeing sunscreen agents that are 90 and 80 and all of those types of crazy high numbers, we'll talk about that. So what does SPF stand for? SPF stands for sun protective factor. And it's a um, measurement of how much a specific product when applied to the sun under conditions that are standardized, how long that particular product protects the skin from sunburn versus skin that is not protected by that product. And they come up with a number that tells a, it's a ratio that tells them how much time the protected skin had exposed to the same level of sunlight and UV radiation versus unprotected skin exposed to the same UV radiation. And uh, that's how they came up with SPF. Actually, interesting, in a, in a number of other countries, uh, Europe uh, as a whole, India has a, another system they are different uh, in terms of their measurements and how they quantify the protectiveness of sunscreens. So, for example, if you use a product with an SPF of 50, this means when a product with an SPF 50 is applied, it will protect the skin until it is exposed to 50 times more UVB radiation than is required to burn the unprotected skin. So, an SPF of 50 provides you 50 times longer exposure to UVB radiation than unprotected skin. That's where they get this ratio of that number. That's where they derive this number. Needless to say, the higher the number, the longer, the greater the protection if applied properly and as directed by the manufacturer. So let's talk a little bit about some of the um, advertising and things you should be aware of when you're purchasing over-the-counter sunscreens. First, the use of the words water waterproof, sweat-proof, sun-proof, pretty much banned by the FDA. Unless a manufacturer 
can prove through testing that a sunscreen is as effective outside of the water as in the water without having to have to do any further application. They can't use the word waterproof. They can't use the word or claim it's sweatproof. They can't use the word or claim uh, sun blocking unless they're able to prove that particular claim. Sun uh, sunscreens now have been called broad spectrum. Originally, UVB ray, uh, UVB rays or UVB radiation was what they used as generally sunscreening. However, now with using or, or adding to that a UVA, those are called now broad spectrum sunscreens. Also, with these SPF numbers, the FDA has basically deemed that anything under SPF 15 really will not prevent any type of uh, photo uh, aging or skin aging. That effect really is non-existent for those particular products. So if you're looking at a SPF of 2 to, let's say, 14, and you're thinking that that would uh, prevent um, any type of damage to the collagen and ultimately the elastin in the skin, that is not going to happen. You have to use an SPF of higher than 15 to prevent that type of premature skin damage. Now, what products can claim is that their particular cream or lotion is water resistant. And with that claim of water resistant, they, the manufacturer has or should have an actual time frame or time limit uh, on how long that particular product is water resistant when there needs to be a reapplication of the sunscreen. So it just can't say well, this is water resistant without a time frame where it would have to be reapplied after the area is exposed to water. Another particular rule that the FDA has um, mandated is that uh, manufacturers cannot, must show or, or put in the instructions how many times after a certain period of time for reapplication of the sunscreen. The FDA basically says that after two hours, there is needs to be a reapplication of the sunscreen. The manufacturer cannot just simply say long-lasting or um, instant sunscreen. Uh, it has to have an actual time frame where reapplication of the lotion is has been directed by the manufacturer. So let's um, stop here for a second, do a little recap. Uh, we talked about uh, ultraviolet radiation, ultraviolet rays, that uh, the UVA, UVB, UVC. We talked about that the UVC is basically absorbed almost 100% by the ozone layer in the atmosphere, but unfortunately, a lot of the ozone layer is now being degraded, so more of the UVC is coming through. But taking for the fact that the UVC is not a major player in what we've been talking about, we have the UVA and the UVB. The UVA rays basically permeate uh, or penetrate the uh, number of layers of the skin. And <clears throat> what they do is can affect the collagen uh, of the tissue of the skin. And as I was saying, the collagen is an important factor. You hear it on TV all the time, collagen replacement, uh, using oral medications to increase collagen, uh, over-the-counter supplements to increase the elasticity of the skin 
to prevent premature aging. UV, uh, uh, UVA rays will also cause, uh, can cause a reduction or suppression of immune systems of the skin, therefore the potential for the skin to not recognize or not fight off potential damaged, damaged cells that have the potential of becoming cancerous uh, can occur. UVB causes more uh, pigmentation changes of the skin. It also has the ability to reduce or suppress the immune system of the skin and thereby, again, lend itself to um, reducing the effectiveness of the immune system uh, and its protection against precancerous or cancerous cells. It's really important to always read the ingredients uh, on the containers or on the tube or whatever it comes into of other ingredients. Some of these um, sunscreen uh, or uh, some of these sunscreen uh, lotions and gels and creams have moisturizing agents in it, have uh, insect repellent in it. So if you're sensitive to that particular product, make sure you read the back of those um, on the box what it contains so that you know you are sensitive to it and you will choose another product. Labeling is important. You have to be careful about, and the FDA has stepped up on this, things that say that they're waterproof, sweatproof, uh, completely block the sun. These are not approved or they have to be proven by the uh, manufacturer to the FDA that that is a claim that's justified and can be backed up by data. Any SPF under 15 does not have skin, does not prevent skin aging effects of the sun or the UV rays. It has to be over 15. Ideally, SPF 30 probably is where most everybody should use that at least. That tends to be the standard. SPF 50, obviously a much higher value. Again, depending upon what you're doing uh, and where you're going and how much exposure you have, intensity of the exposure that would um, that may be appropriate products that have over 50 there has been no real studies that products that have spfs over 50 are any better than the products that are 50 or below so one of the things that you need to know and let's demystify it that having a product spf 80 or 70 or anything over 50 will probably will not be any better unless it's been proven to be so and documentation has been brought to the FDA saying that and proving it than products 50 or below 50 should be really the high point of what you're looking at and you shouldn't really consider anything over that now formulations we know they come the uh, sunscreens come in gels creams ointments sprays oils uh, pastes lotions uh, they're all over the counter. Some are not. Uh, when you start to get into uh, those that are prescription, non-over-the-counter sunscreen uh, agents, they many times are incorporated into uh, cosmeceuticals that require prescriptions. But for the general purpose, we're talking about overall over-the-counter products, and that's how they come in. Again, reading the directions, just because you have a product from one, from a company that gives that you've had a gel with, and then it goes, you buy a spray. Does that mean you have to, uh, that the, what you apply the gel with how many times uh, a day is the same as the spray? All of these different formulations have different directions and different application times and requirements. Not all of them are going to be water resistant and therefore may require further applications. These are important things that you really need to read. 
So now that we've talked about uh, sunscreens and the way to prevent it, probably the biggest cause of sunburning is the fact that even if you apply the sunscreen, you don't follow the directions. You don't apply enough of the sunscreen. You don't apply it regularly accordingly to what the manufacturer is requiring. You go into the water and, for example, not apply it again. These are some of the real reasons and causes of sunburns. So let's talk about sunburns. We have minor sunburns. Now, there's no cure for a sunburn, okay? What you have to do is treat the symptoms. Drinking plenty of water and keeping hydrated is one way to reduce uh, fluid loss. Uh, cool baths, application of cool towels. You want to reduce the temperature of the skin as quickly as possible, prevent further damage to the skin. So taking a cool bath, take applying uh, cool compresses. Applying cold compresses can be very painful. So just cool, cool bath, cool compresses, cloths to the area may give you some comfort. Adding or applying moisturizing creams, aloe, for example. So these are the kind of things you can do for minor sunburns. Hydrate, cool towels, cool baths, moisturizing creams, ointments that contain aloe, for example. You can use hydrocortisone. Uh, the, there's a um, over-the-counter hydrocortisone uh, ointments and creams. You can use, for example, Tylenol and ibuprofen to help reduce some of the um, inflammation. So those are what you can do for minor sunburns. Remember, sunburns can't be cured. You're just you're treating the symptom. If what you do find is there is blistering, first off, do not puncture the blisters. The blistering is trying to protect the skin underneath it. If you do find blistering occurring, lightly cover the area with a bandage or a gauze to protect that area, to prevent any kind of infection. Now, if the blisters do break and they dry up, let them dry up, you can apply some hydrocortisone cream to it. However, if you start to find more and more blisters, if you start to see that the sunburn covers more than, let's say, 15% of the area of the body. If you start to develop a fever, it's really important that you probably contact your healthcare professional, let them know. One other area that I want to talk about and where you should really speak to your community pharmacist or the pharmacist that dispenses the medications that you're on is many medications can cause photosensitivity. They can cause your body to react differently with ultraviolet radiation or UV, B, and C radiation. And it's important that you find out that if you're on these medications, it's important to know that prior to going out into the sun. I'll have a list on my, uh, podca uh, my pod show notes of those medications. They are quite a few, and the possible chances that you're on one are, are there. So it's important that prior to getting out and going out to the beach or wherever you're going, where you're going to have a, a large exposure to sunlight, it's important to uh, find out from your pharmacist what medications you're on and whether or not any of them can increase photosensitivity. So just a few tips I want to bring out at the end of the podcast, just maybe to reiterate a few things and add to what uh, add to the podcast itself, just to let you know, SPF does not tell you how long you can stay in the sun without getting a sunburn, okay? 
It's a measure of the amount of sunburn protection from UV radiation, B and C, a B and A, that is provided by sunscreens when they are used as directed and as needed. So don't think that it tells you, well, I can stay out in the sun X amount of time. It doesn't, that number does not correlate with the amount of time and the potential of sunburn. And of course, one has to remember that there are so many different variables in that if you're going in the water, if you sweat profusely, if you're at a different altitude, the rays, the sun rays or ultraviolet rays are much stronger at higher altitudes than at lower altitudes. What type of skin you have, very light, dark, all of these factors play into sunscreens over 50 have to prove to be more effective than 50. Generally, they, they aren't. So using 50 is the highest, most effective sunscreen with documentation. Sunscreens under 15 do not protect the skin from skin damage. And 15 and above really provide a measurable amount of protection. Anything below 15 doesn't really provide a measurable amount of protection. So I hope that's answered some of the questions and demystified some of the information that's out there about uh, sunscreens, SPFs, what their numbers mean. That's important to follow the directions of the manufacturer, the frequency of reapplying, and some of the, um, not non-truths, but some of the mystiques about what's waterproof, what's water-resistant, what's sweat-proof, what's a sunblock, what's a absorber. Much of this information will be on my uh, show notes. Uh, and um, I hope everybody is doing well and enjoy the sun. Just be aware, protect yourself, protect your skin, because in reality, your skin is the largest organ in your body. And protecting it from damage that could be cumulative over the years doing it uh, and not protecting it can have some dire dire consequences. So please take care, have fun, and I hope to speak with you next time. This has been the Pharmacist is In podcast hosted by Howard Unger. If you like what you heard, please click on the subscribe button. And if you feel so, leave comments in the star rating below. It really helps the podcast in gaining greater exposure to larger audiences. And why not? This is important information. I would like to mention I have no affiliation with any pharmaceutical company or medical institution, nor do I represent any product, product line, or corporate pharmacy entities. Please remember that this podcast is not a substitute for your healthcare provider. If you should have any questions concerning diagnosis or treatment, contact your trusted healthcare provider. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me next week for the Pharmacist is In podcast. Remember, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay medication smart.